Oh, it's real. This right. is a real thing now. We're actually doing it. It's happening. Warm-up's over. So Warm-up round over, boys. What are we calling? What are we going to call this thing? What is this that we're doing right now? Besides a podcast? The Schmodcast Podcast. The Schmodcast Podcast? Chris and Roland. With Chris and Roland. They already have Smodcast with Kevin Smith, so we got to watch out. Not Schmod, though. But not Schmod. I don't think. I've texted it to you several times. Yes. It's, it's official now. It's official? That's it. It's official. Smodcast. What is it? Schmodcast. Schmodcast. Podcast. To that. Here we go. We started. Number one. All right. Straight vodka. As I was saying. No, it's coffee. African American vernacular English. Ebonics. As as is. What was it? Um. Accepted by and like studied by college people. People Did, put ling linguistics. Linguistics. Well, like I was saying, my my teacher back in school, he's got a glossary, like he's been making a glossary of all ebonics words, all words they use in hip hop. He's super into hip hop and. He, he started with like disco bass lines and stuff. Anthony Vitti, check him out. Anthony Vitti, he's sick, sick bass player. Anyways, he's got a glossary on the internet of a bunch of hip hop words. It's, it's ridiculous. It's a ridiculous friggin' concept that he. I don't know if he's been keeping up with it, but it was friggin'. That's crazy. You were telling me about that. And he's a white cat from New York. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> Well, what were we saying before? What were we saying about We were that? talking about... Different levels of flow. Oh, yeah. Like, the new cat's got that mumble rap, but it's got its place. It's its own, you know, it's its own thing. Yeah. People like it. I mean, it's the pop rap right now. You it, can't be, it can't be like this stubborn person who doesn't let things move forward. Yeah. If you don't like it, you just don't like it. Yeah. That's it. I mean, there's going to be that, people, but if you're doing it for, like, the industry, you know, you kind of, you don't have to, like, do it exactly, but even Dre, on his last album, he paid homage to, like, all the new rap that's out right now. He made, like, a trap beat, and then he still did his West Coast beat, then he's got an East Coast beat, he's got a Chicago beat in there. It's friggin', he, he just wouldn't, he, he was telling everybody, like... You know, I can I can still do everything, man. I'm still here. <laughs> it's, it's well, we're only uh, what are we only like? It's not even that long ago, man. Well, I'm well, I'm thirty. To it being a, like business, business, business. Yeah, I'm, how old are you? Twenty nine. I remember it like I remember the '80s stuff still because my older brother used to listen to like um, LL Cool J, Shabba Ranks. Friggin' Run DMC, Grandmaster Flash, and stuff. Until I was, until now, I've been listening to hip hop until now. I've like, there's aspects of every generation that I love. I just love the, the genre itself. The genre's cool. It's cool. It's, genre. It started for me with you. So that's whenever we met. That could be the, the literal like historical point. That's, <laughs> that's when I started. How long ago was it? Was friggin'. A long Tiger ass time ago. Tiger Scouts. Tiger Scouts is like kindergarten. Damn. That's a no. So for as soon long as we time. started going on scout trips though and actually hanging out, so that would have been maybe a little bit later. So I'd say like first grade. <laughs> You're in the back 
of a van. Goddamn. Back Mr. Thielen's van with a bunch of other little little kids, little Catholic kids. And you had your Walkman with Cypress Hill. Or, uh, no, at that time. No, it was Wu Tang. What was it? No, no, no. Yeah, Wu Tang, but you also had the one that stuck out was the uh, uh, No Limits. Oh. Uh, MSP album. That was sitting in the back sharing the one, like, metal aluminum ear headset. <laughs> well, out here, I was listening to all, like, the West Coast and the East Coast stuff. And then when I would go down to visit my cousins in Texas, they'd show me all the South friggin' rappers. So I got, I was getting, like, everything. Yeah. It was crazy. <laughs> I remember uh, you were telling me, uh, Tito used to play the and it's friggin' 64? Yeah, hell yeah. Cypress Hill. And going to school. Kid backpack, Frost. With speaker right here. Just like. <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome. My left ear is all messed up. But it was still awesome. <laughs> Same here. <laughs> nice. Deathless powers activate. <laughs> Not good for musicians. We can't help each other though because that's my left ear too. Yeah. So, <laughs> we gotta be. We have to. We'd have to face opposite each other all the time. That would work though, if we were like getting attacked. But say we're in like medieval times, we we're getting attacked by like orcs and stuff. Not that orcs existed, but they did. For like, they did. right now they did. they did. Okay, so gang orcs are attacking us. It. We got all. We got all angles covered right there, man. Left shoulder to you know, left shoulder. <laughs> I look that way. You look that way. Just, Can't hear anything in the middle. I will just make a uh, like a tornado pattern, of, like <laughs> random shapes, like spirograph. That'd be awesome. Have yeah, hell yeah, I have a spirograph. <laughs> Who did have a spirograph? Except for kids today. You probably still Everybody, have a spirograph. Somewhere in the somewhere. basement. Friggin', we found uh, a Yoda puppet down there from Tito from like the seventies. <laughs> <laughs> It's like a plastic hard ass puppet. I don't know how that's fun, but it must have been fun in the seventies. But it's a plastic hard ass puppet you put on your hand. You're like, hey, hello there, I'm Yoda. Well, the, the, the uh, iguanodon things from the movie Dinosaur, the McDonald's toys. Those things were awesome. Those though. things were fun to us, and they weren't. They were just a rubber sock on your hand, and after two weeks, the the face faded off, and it was just a flesh covered, colored. Puppet. <laughs> I we have I still have some of those friggin' McDonald's toys. Like I remember finding Do you remember it's like a little fries? It's like a it's like fries with faces. No no uh, there it was a whole set. It was a whole Transformers line that was all the parts of the meal, the burger, the fries, a shake. Nuggets? Nuggets. nuggets with faces. I remember the nuggets. Um, and then there was one more like random thing. I think it was either uh, it was like not a food item, but it was like part of the meal. But they all transform into something. They do. I remember that. You kind of. It was. I got. Even if those. it was just like one. There was hotcakes. Like, there was a hotcakes one. That's maybe what the other one was. I don't know what. Why did anyone hotcakes want to transform? <laughs> Why do they want to be? be happy with yourself? You're a pancake. I was pancake. Or was it a robot and it was trying to be a pancake? That would be not a tasty pancake. You'd be trying to eat it. It's all metal. Just cutting, just scraping sounds like a, like the plate sound, but every time. <laughs> 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 
They're like friggin' mini-bots. Give me powers and stuff. You don't know what mini-bot is? It's like, after Transformers, alright, they had a newer show with these tiny little guys, and they're mini-bots, and they jumped onto the Transformers. Yeah, and they yeah, got yeah, extra yeah, powers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, because they had those in the movie a little bit, but it was just yeah. the one guy, right? The tape player and whatever. They had like the boop, he had a little friend that came out of him. The boombox. Something. The boombox. One of the Decepticons had a little guy. We're, I'm so probably, like, I'm, I'm talking out my ass, I'm so I have no all, idea. <laughs> all, and, uh, like, all credibility. <laughs> it's alright, though. We don't need to be exact on everything. Who's exact? No yeah. one's exact. There's reasons for forgetting. <laughs> Yo, what have you been up to, man? I'm yawning. Why am I yawning? Um, I've been trying to figure out different ways to make some sort of mass-produced art project. Cool. We were talking the one day about buying up like toys and old shit yeah. from the thrift store and Re making them into monster Frankenstein items. Yeah. Or find a way to cheaply produce a quality little box and make like little looking dioramas that are horrifying and crazy or weird or wacky or just whatever comes out of here which is usually pretty crazy i know i remember i like i got that game spore i'm like hey go make a just the creature creator because that came out before the game did and then i'm like hey make whatever you're making some of the most terrifying things that I could imagine. Oh my god. Like friggin' I can't even explain it. You make some terrifying ass art. Yeah, it's cool as hell though. I love it. There's all sorts of different creative types and what impresses me about you is that you could you're the type of brain that once you like pick up an activity you just learn it. So it's just whatever you chose to do. You're a great musician because that's what you like. Put you know, all right, this is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna, you're good at it. And I watched you bang through from just copying like less playful songs to like catching up like great shit. And then school, and then when he came back from school, it's like a superhero. <laughs> but the crazy thing is like, if you wanted to be a rock climber, like he could have been like came back like. That is terrifying though. Like those dudes. Hey Chris, I'm in uh, Yosemite right oh now. Oh my god! I just summited. The the uh, the biggest one in Yosemite. <laughs> What's it called? I I don't know. I looked, and I just saw the biggest mountain. Like that's the one. I just climbed it. I'm How like, long did you practice for? Alex? That's why you haven't been seeing me for the last couple of weeks. You practice rock, rock climbing. Yeah, I, how long have I been here? <laughs> I do get crazy when I get into. I get obsessed. But you got to to get good at stuff. I feel like you got to get obsessed with it a little bit. Everybody probably feels that. I'm probably. <laughs> but I'm glad that I have friendly like year round because now stuff that I've dabbled with in college I get to dive back into like sculpture because I am going to take you up on that and get a little bit of clay from you. Yeah, and a whole bunch left. That stuff's that was, fun to play with. I came up with one of the ideas after you left, which was buying a model trains that are like the Thomas Tank Engine models, mm -hmm. and then sculpting their faces, but like realistic, like I do, like. <laughs> oh, weird looking and then like, you get capture their personalities still and then like put it on a real like model train and like paint it to match the paint color and then you get super into like the the painting and stuff too like when you had some of that warcraft stuff or warhammer i didn't even play the game you were just painting the I little bought, guys like, 100, i bought a 150 dollar set 
of four <laughs> pair of figures, all the paint, all the brushes, everything, and just spent hours and hours painting all those figurines for nothing. Get the satisfaction <laughs> of painting them. That's awesome, though. That's awesome. I even went they to the mall out. and went to the, the store and took classes. You went to the store where everybody was friggin' like, they were having the tournaments that. and stuff? Well, I had to learn, I'd never painted like that before. I'd painted on paper, but I'd never painted like, like sculptures. And like, yeah. I, they taught you like, dry brushing, which is a super basic thing, but I didn't know about it at the time, where you just take like black paint on a face and you just do the whole face black. And then you go back over it <clears throat> with the skin color that you want, but with a really dry brush, with just just barely any of that skin color on there, and you just swipe over the, the top. Yeah. You'll get all the high points, leave all the details creased in. So all these tiny little faces that are the size of like four needle heads had all their little eyeballs and teeth and stuff. That's crazy. Little stuff like that. I didn't know, but now I know, and I just try to suck in as much as possible i got you got to like when you're doing one of your projects like we gotta do a podcast and do that i'll just be <laughs> doing that in the background the whole time bob ross bob ross over here well we're gonna put a little smile on this guy and it turns into it's already done I'm like what i'll be off camera <laughs> the whole time and uh, every time you look back, it'll be dramatically better or dramatically worse <laughs> and my mood will reflect <laughs> just cut back to me and I'm just face down on the table. Silent. No, I'm sure it'd come up. The, the sculpting tool just in the sculpture. I'm done. I'm done here. <laughs> you come back next time and like the wound is like shoddily fixed and I like I have it together. I'm like, I got it guys. It's going to be great. <laughs> it's better though than carving pumpkins. Because with pumpkins... You take away, you can't put any back. That's but another thing. That, like, you can like, you can just do it. Every single person <laughs> out there, anybody who watches this, is, has seen the carved pumpkins that are all intricate and crazy and have the different layers left on so the light's going through them. And saw them and go, oh, that's really cool. I'm going to do that. And then nobody ever does it. And this guy just did it. And did Whoa. like a really good one the first year ever. Not like a bullshit one that like fucked up. He didn't buy like three pumpkins. Like <laughs> he bought three pumpkins. I did one of them. He did one of them. And his came out like perfect. You just gotta, you just gotta do it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. You just gotta do it. Just say so let's go champ. Let's, let's go see. champ. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, what else, man? What else? You don't know? Vapor? Vaporizing? You still nicotine in it up? That's it. All I've been, it's been, instead of having such a broad scope and like spreading myself so thin over everything, I've just dropped a lot of things that I was half in and half out of. Because I, that's part of my ADD is I'll get just my, my attention separated drastically. But since I'm also fairly, I need something to drive the imagination, something to keep my brain challenged. I'm always starting a new hobby, so I have like 13 hobbies, <laughs> and like 10 of them I'm like fairly good at, but it's like I can't, I don't have the money, time, energy. That's how it always is. Do 
all of them, give myself 100% in all of them. So I've cut back on a lot of stuff entirely instead of just devoting less time or less money to something, just cut it out. So That's there's really not a lot that I am doing. Focusing on the rock climbing, the grip strength, and yeah. the functional strength workouts. When's the first one that you want to do? When like, when's your target with like summer? This coming summer, I want to be able to climb that wall over by the lake like it's not. That's impossible. That's all right though. Keep going. But yeah, there's that little six foot wall. A little six foot tall, about 13 foot long. Nothing crazy. But once you're up off the ground, it doesn't matter if you're two feet off the ground or 100 feet off the ground. You're still relying on your the same muscles to do that activity. So I just want to be able to get up on that wall and crawl all over it and stay on it and simulate a long crawl That's that insane. has different challenges. And you know, when I go one way, I want to say, okay, I can't grab the, this one that's right here that I can easily get to. I want to, you know, go to this one that I can barely get, and then I have to get a little fingertip snag on it. Challenge myself, because what's the worst that's going to happen? I'm going to fall down and get some wood chips in my elbows. Unless you're 100 feet in the air, then you're well, you know, I'm not going to make that risk. That's a lot. Unless I'm fucked <laughs> up to a rope, then who the fuck cares? Yeah. If you're hooked up to the rope, then you're good. It's very scary. Especially with those tents, people go up there and tent out there, man. It's insane. Well, I it's less of a tent, more of just a bag hanging off the yeah, rock Yeah, it's just a bag, man. And you're sleeping in a bag off a cliff. There's no support underneath you or anything? Oh my god, I can't even imagine like that. there's some sort of flat surface, but there's, that's on, like, Appalachian, like, Himalayan mountain climbs, where they're up there for so long. <laughs> and they actually have the ones that have somewhat of a sturdy structure underneath them, just barely, but then straps that go to the cams and the, yeah. the rock. But the ones that you see the guys in who are going like overnight or just two-day climbs, it's, yeah, they just got, basically, you're just in a bag, a canvas bag, hanging off of like a support. No way. Basically, you're just, it, it, it creates a hammocky shape from you stretching out in it, which is... No, thank you. That's too much, man. I just imagine waking up, opening it, and just, whoa! There I go. That's it. <laughs> or you're still, like, connected to the thing. You just hit the side of the freaking mountain. No way. That would not be a good wake-up. <laughs> I roll. I can't. That's not an option for me. <laughs> that's too much, man. I've, I've either got to make it up there by nightfall. Or, or go back down. Or go back down. Or climb all night and some people do it. They headlamp I'd, up and they do it, but they're crazy. And they're for some reason, you're taking your own life in your hands. I would like to do the cave stuff. Was that spelunking? I want to do not the crazy stuff like scuba diving yeah, and yeah, friggin' yeah, yeah, yeah. inches of water. No, no, thank you. No, I want to do no. regular caving, but yeah, scuba caving is sick. I watch a lot of that. That's ridiculous. I can't. <laughs> That's too much. That's too much for me. That's, I just love watching all <laughs> those guys are insane. Videos. You still get that. You know, those messages sent off in your brain like you're doing it. So when you're watching it, I get like nervous and tight and scared, especially when they're like explaining and talking the, the narration over. Like, oh, right in this area where you see all the silt flying up, that's just because 
the ceiling is starting to collapse. That just means that we definitely can't do a 360 turn here. We're going to have to keep going deeper in the cave find oh another my. place to turn around. God. What if they never found a place to turn around? He's just casually talking about a life or death situation. <laughs> if, they if they couldn't find a way to turn around, they'd have to go all the way out backwards. backwards. No thank you. In a cave that you can barely fit into. No thank you. Where oh you, my god. You only get to carry down a single tank, and you have to carry it separate from your body, in front of you usually. No. <laughs> so but, cave stuff, like Eagle Cave? Yeah, let's do it. The big cave stuff, for sure, I'd like to try that kind of stuff. I am 0% afraid of going into a charted, mapped cave yes. on a on like a national park or somewhere like that. Because like Eagle Cave, for instance, they just let us run around there at night, willy-nilly. Because even though it was a huge and extensive cave to, to us, it was well-mapped for over a hundred years, and if somebody gets lost, they, there's a protocol to sweep every inch of that cave in 24 hours. And they have the people on site to do it. Like, yeah, I wouldn't go find the cave in the future. Yeah. And go into it, but like a, a mapped cave, for sure. As long as you bring 24, sure. 24 hours worth of supplies, which is two bottles of water and some fucking beef jerky. I am down. I'm 100%. Yeah. Well, you if want you could survive 24 hours, or the or whatever their, depending on the size of the cave system, whatever their entire sweep survival time is. Because first you have to be designated as lost. And then they have to start the search, and you have to survive the entire time you're lost, and when they come to get you. Yeah, like last Stroud, uh, Survivor Man, he was out there, like, uh, on purpose, but he needed to get lost on purpose so that the, the rescue team could, like, practice finding him. Yeah. And they found him super quick. He was trying to, like, run away from him, too. Because <laughs> he's like, I heard him. I now, I, if, if I was actually lost... I would just stay here, of course, yeah. <laughs> but to to make it harder for him, he started just walking, walking out of his camp, and they found found him real easy. <laughs> so if it's a little cave, yeah, that'd be awesome. You're fine. Yeah, for sure. I am down. Or even just making the drive out to like the sh closer to Chicago where they have the actual rock climbing walls. Yeah. Just pay for the day or whatever. Yeah. And then you can climb an actual vertical wall. You know what's crazier? We got a buddy, went to the same school as us a long time ago. Um, I won't say his name. We just got a buddy, all right? <laughs> but he, you like his whole life, you wouldn't think he'd be the kind of guy to hunt. And all of a sudden, he's watching the hunting channel every day. We like we bought bows, all right. And then all of a sudden, he's watching the hunting channel every day. And he's talking about, like, for sure, we're going on a hunting trip one day. I'm like, yeah, I'm down. Let's do it. <laughs> That'd be crazy, though. I've never been hunting, but I, I, I got a bow, too, and you got the bow. We've shot together. It's, it's fun. Just shooting the bow is fun. I don't know. Hunting something, that's, I, I can't, I have no idea what that would be like. I have a bunch of cousins, because they're all from the south. Yeah. Like, doing that they get a lot of meat like uh from deer vanilla they call it everything that's on the land anything that's on, on the land yeah you you shoot it you eat it but they're a lot of pigs and 
he's been watching the deer hunting ones and yeah. like oh well if you want to like uh if you want to go like for a first hunt pig hunting would probably be the way to go probably and then we can go to my cousin's ranch and then boom bing bang get a friggin pig and that a lot of people's first first hunts like bird bird and fowl oh that's right we can also do that and they have that like 20 minutes from here rj a singer from a band concrete roots go check them out chicago chicago roots. reggae concrete roots but um the singer rj he went out to pheasant hunting he said oh my god is it fun but uh, He's more because he was doing the whole routine, like uh, like with the uh, the dog and everything. Well, yeah, you have so, to. And the dog, it. he's like the dog. Having the dog there makes the experience totally different. Like you're not out there just killing an animal. Like the dog's having fun. The dog's out there jumping around, like yeah, yeah, let's go do this. Yeah. And it goes gets the friggin' bird and it brings it back to you, like without eating it up. Even if you <laughs> are with, uh, like dogless companions as long as you're with a guide who wants to use all the meat and you want to use all the meat or put the carcass to good use as long as everything's even used I got no problem with it that's my yeah. like that's my only ethical bias is don't go hunting for just one part yeah you're not you're not trophy trophy hunting is I like I said I've never been hunting so I don't know what either of those feel like so I'm not sure Either way, a trophy hunting feels like that's not that's not cool. Well, regardless <laughs> of how taking something's life is gonna feel, at the end of it, I'm not gonna do it for just one part. Yeah. So that's that's just the easy choice, and I know you feel the same way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because it's it's a lot of meat, and then deers, you know, like what was it? Uh, Steve Renella was saying that the the hides on the deer aren't usually all that desirable. But they still make good, sturdy, you know, moxings yeah. and uh, accessories and stuff like that. And he's been saving up healthy. Made a uh, wanted to make a jacket, just like his dad had. Yeah. And it was all uh, I forgot what it was. It was a goat deer, but it was something of that nature. It was a white tail. Specific type of deer. But he saved up early. Cool. Cool. Very cool. But I mean, you. Can, and then, you know, keep the antlers as a trophy for you. Oh, yeah. The rest, the whole thing, the whole kit to Google's yours. You yeah. took it to life, you're responsible for everything. Who wouldn't want to eat deer anyway? It's delicious. Oh, yeah. Deer is delicious. Grab the good organs, throw yeah. the rest out in the nature for fertilizer and wild animals. Make some cotton sick out of that. Cook it up just in, some, in a pan. That stuff's awesome. I love deer. Eat more deer. All right. Deer is good. That was the other thing, uh, talking about old hunter-gatherers, how they used to uh, eat the organ meat and leave, uh, leave the rest behind. The organ meat's super good for you. It was like, easier to get to, easier to consume, it's more nutrient-rich, and then the, the rest of the animal was tough, hard to get off the bones. Uh, if they cut open the, the animal, they usually cut open the intestines, split the stomach, ruin the meat. Yeah. So, like... The organs were the way to go. Yeah. That was, I never even thought about it that way. That just, once you split it open, it doesn't matter if you're ruining all the meat, if you're just going for the liver and for yeah. the heart and for the uh, brain and for the tongue. And for. But we would be going for the whole thing, because 
that everything on that animal is like, I mean, but not that's the what I'm fur. Saying, we get to actually enjoy and know that all those yeah. you know, parts are delicious. How good they are. And oh, yeah. good for you. Oh my god, yes. Very good for you. I'd be a little iffy about eating it like medium. Is because trichinosis? Well, yeah, you cooked the hell out of it, or just, uh... Yeah, well done. Well done taste. It tastes like there's lime on it, and you don't have to put lime on it. Yeah, That's mean, what deer. It's, 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 it's awesome. I love it. <laughs> fish, just add a little fish flavor to anything. There you go. Fish chicken. That's duck. <laughs> duck is delicious. I love duck. That's so... I haven't had it in a while. But we had a turducken one year. For, uh, I, saw, you saw, I saw pictures of it. You guys ate the entire fucking thing. So it, it was delicious, man. Oh my god. But the thing was, the butcher from Gray's Lake, not gonna say who. <laughs> um, we we put an order in the week before. We go in there, and then we like we tell the butcher, hey, we're picking up a turducken. Like, oh yeah, your mom called, and we're just like. No, my mom didn't call. My mom wouldn't call this place. Why? <laughs> Why'd she call this place? And he, he was about to give us the, the turducken, and we were about to take it. And no, he was like, uh, I don't think we should take this. So uh, we gave it back. We didn't want to ruin someone else's uh, Thanksgiving. So we gave it back to him, and we're set. we said, no, this isn't us, but we ordered one last week. And he was like, oh, man, I remember, but I didn't make it. <laughs> so we had to do this kind of half-assed, split open a turkey, put a whole bunch of chicken and, and duck breasts inside of the turkey. Oh, that's <laughs> why it looks so good. Because when you cut into that thing, it looked like just a chili bowl of meat yeah. inside other meats. That's all it was. But like when you cut open like a regular one, then you still have to like take it apart and like... Like, then the skin's not crisp on the, other, on the inside of the other birds and stuff. So you probably had, like, the optimal turducken experience by accident. I don't know about that, because having all that, the fat from the rest of the, the oh, from the rest of the into, like, thing would, would make it, no, having the, the fat from the rest of the bird, like the whole bird, just adds more flavor to it. True, true. But, I, until I have, like, a straight turducken, I'm not going to know. Wait until I get it. He goes he in and he spits it, and then he ties it up. You don't know. I'm not. I'm not gonna know. Never. Uh -huh. No. <laughs> it's a goddamn shame. It's a shame <laughs> Did you go to uh, what's it called? Because I was looking at the the Hulk. You went to to uh, Wizard World this year, right? Yes. Wizard World Chicago. It was excellent. As always. I was actually, that's why I'm thinking about doing big old art projects. I'm yeah. a booth. I remember you can't doing have it. a booth unless you've got something that grabs people's attention and enough of it to sell. Or you're a sexy lady. Those or always you're a got, sexy lady. Those always got a lot of, a lot of people, go, a lot of nerds going to the booth. You know what? <laughs> maybe, maybe I'll get um, our friend to uh, produce a large cardboard cutout of one of those sexy ladies there you go cut the face out of it <laughs> get it to the right height and sit my chair behind it just push my face up and then just holler at people to come to my booth hey and then like, they come over and they see my huge 
flat 2D tits. <laughs> they come over naturally driven by their monkey brain and they're just like, ugh, tits. And then they come over and they seem like fantastic macabre. Oh, this is good and they look and they see that big ass beard and they're like, hey. Wait a second. <laughs> come up with my, gotcha, bitch. <laughs> and, then, and then someone has a heart attack and that's no good. And then everybody comes over because they think it's publicity sunk. They buy all my stupid They buy it all. all Step all over that dude who had to always hey. <laughs> It's alright. This is all it's a, not, a show. It's not right. <laughs> it's not okay, Roland. It's I'm not. not right that wouldn't that. be okay. I don't you violence. shouldn't be alright with that. <laughs> Unless it makes me profits. That yeah. That's the yeah. right. That's the yeah, that's business policy for success. That's no violence unless it's unless it's for profit. For profit. <laughs> only for profit. Profit only violence. Violence for profit only. <laughs> Just kidding. No. Okay. No. Okay. Whatever. It's whatever. It's all whatever. But I am gonna do that. Uh, are you gonna go? Why? I'd like to go. I haven't been there in years. They they were always fun when I went. Met uh, Kevin Smith a bunch of times. Well, not met. I always say met. It's not really me. It's just, yeah. hey, what's up? And then you take a picture with them, and then it's the next dude. <laughs> That's what it is now. And people are like, oh, this world's all corporate and changing. And from your, from hearing your stories of what it was, all it's done is downsize and cut out a lot of, like, indie people. And we're not? Is, uh, not a bad thing because there are still a lot of really solid indie developers that make it there, but there seems to be a lot more of a, a, a shallow pool of like s stuff that's there. But it's still the same meet and greets where it's just table, go up, pay money to either get a picture and autograph yeah. or just shake their hand or just get the fuck out of there. Yeah. <laughs> that's the, what it is. But people are walking around like it's something less just because there's less stuff there. Like the, but there's still an area where you can go, there's board games, there's a whole area where there's video games to be played and demos running, and, and in the board game area there's actually like people have their games set up and they're like hawking you over, yeah. like, hey, come play this game. <laughs> hey, that tables, sounds what it was like. There's tables with like Archer and Conan and yeah. like Xenomorph playing like Cards Against Humanity or like some fucked up new version of that. <laughs> when I was there, the, the few years that I went... Like, when the first year that I went, our other buddies who used to go all the time said it had been, like, downplayed a whole bunch. Because they went, when they were going, there was a whole bunch of celebrities. There was, a whole, there was, like, a wrestling ring set up. And then they would have people go in there and do the fake wrestling oh, and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, like, I went there and it was more just the, the companies. But the big companies. Like, you had Viz Media... You had uh, PlayStation, you had Nintendo, you had uh, Funimation, you had DC, you had Marvel. Yeah, you had all the little ones, like Top Cow. Uh, I'm not the Top Cow's little, Top Cow's kind of big, isn't it? Um, but it hit everybody. Every, all the comic book companies were, were there. Every once in a while, you'd get to meet like MC Chris, that was awesome. Or Space Ghost was there one year, that was badass. We're lucky to live in the Chicago land area yeah. because like this is one of the only other cons in the US that like you have a stand a chance of seeing a celebrity. Yeah. It's either 
this one or the San Diego one. Because all the other cons are like flea markets, right? It's pretty much just a flea market. Essentially. Yeah. I mean, or they're in places that celebrities aren't around. Yeah. I mean, Chicago, they're not around here. You might catch somebody when they're shooting a show or a movie. Yeah. That's why there is a ton of TV people at uh, the Wizard World. Because, I mean, so many shows are produced and shot in this area and around here. And yeah. That, what's that one everyone's watching? Shameless? Well, that, it's already on, like, season of or whatever. But. Yeah. But, well, yeah. All of that's around here. Yeah. That's a, man, ha Chicago's happening. Chicago's always been happening. So, <laughs> the Wizard World, same thing. So, it's yeah. on TVs, but smaller. And But, because it's smaller, like, the thing that scared me away was the price. When I was Yeah. Maybe. From and then, like, if now that we're adults, that's not a big deal to bring spending money. Anymore. Oh, yeah. We don't have to save up for weeks and weeks and weeks before Comic-Con. We can just go, okay, let's pay a check I'm taking. Yeah. This is just the one I'm going to count away. Unless and then $40 for a ticket, you're fucking good to go. Unless my lessons go on vacation, then I'm like, well, I, I can go. <laughs> downside Going's following cool. your dreams. <laughs> I Man, love it though. Sales I love it. industry. Teaching's awful. Yeah, but friggin' when I was going there, they said that it had died down a little bit, but there was a whole bunch like it was big. And then they stopped going there and then our other buddy, the hunting guy, who I can't believe he wants to go hunting still. Um he uh I started going with just him and it looked like it was expanding, like they kept getting more parts of the Rosemont Center. Like they got a whole banquet hall to themselves for uh Yu-Gi-Oh like a Yu-Gi-Oh contest or magic contest. Yes, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like they had a whole well, hall to it there. That's what surprised me because I like I went into the board game area. So there's fewer people but there's fewer. Fewer <laughs> people. There's fewer people but they're spread out more. So I went into the I was impressed when I walked into the board game area. And I looked around, I was like, this is really nice. And then like I went to leave and I walked through two like cases where they were selling books or games, and I get and that's when I walked into the whole back area where they were playing the games. And I didn't even realize, and they've got the gates up all around it, and like thirteen to twenty tables out with just games running at all of them. I was like, holy crap! Like this, like this whole area is games. And then when we went up to the video games, I thought that was gonna end, and it just never ended. That's cool. These, giant pylons set up with four monitors around. Were they having actual tournaments? Uh, they were running demos, or demos. most of them. That, then, that's what I remember. If you go on to, then they had, in the middle of all that, they had a stage with a couch where they were running one of the game channels. Was doing interviews and stuff. Okay. And okay. doing live. So there's a stage people sitting there who were milling in and out and when they were not you know, interested, they'd go play deck game demos and walk back over. So, like, every area was, like, its own little con. So, it's, like, five cons. It's, like, Game Con, Comic Con, Toy Con, and then Artist Alley, and then whatever special events is going on. When I went last year, it was the Bruce Campbell event, because I went during, like, the, the Halloween The Evil Dead? The, yeah, they are. had this whole situation where you could watch, you could look at the outside, because I didn't pay for the Bruce Campbell event, mm -hmm. unfortunately, because I didn't have the funds. No, it's, I like, Evil Dead go. Con or something. Evil Dead Con. It was sick. It was this big. They showed the front of the cabin from the Evil Dead and the big yeah. cardboard cutout of him out there. And he was apparently talking with a whole lecture in there and stuff. Probably he was probably in one of those rooms. Because like, 
from what I can you got the hotel in the front. We'd always stay in the hotel in the front until I started going with uh, our other buddy. And then um, you'd walk in, you got that first entrance. And then to the left is where it'd always be. Then you'd have another, like, convention, like another section just as big as what they put Wizard World in to the right. But I never got to go there. Is that where Evil Dead was? Yeah. When I went, one year was like um, those motorized uh, walkers. When people can't oh, yeah, walk, yeah, the yeah, one yeah. you know they sit in. And it was a con just for those. <laughs> over there. Over there, and you had all the nerds and stuff over here. And everybody in the main <laughs> lobby area is just mingling. Yeah, it was nice crazy. Costume. Yeah, it was. It was insane. They they gave there was a lot of looks, especially with the the half naked girls that go there. They're like, oh my god, oh my god, scandal, scandal. <laughs> but um. Pinning red letters on girls. <laughs> I remember that Evil Dead Con would be the week after every single year. That I would go to uh, Wizard World. Just mess up. And then I'm like, oh, next week's Evil Dead Con? I'm like, dang it. And they'd have people doing the giving out flyers for it all the time. I'm like, we should Too go bad. to this I one. Year. like a year's worth of money to go here. Exactly. I'm like, Can't this is all. Do two of those in a row. This is all my lunch money for the, the year. That I haven't eaten lunch for a year. I'm not balling out of control <laughs> here. I can't just be like, oh, let's go to every con. If, I, if we could, man, shit. That would be awesome. Gotta make a reason for them to want you to come mm-hmm. and make that art. But no, I remember going there. They had some really good to the artist alley stuff, man. A lot of good stuff there. I always spent you should a lot definitely of get a booth out there. there. It's fun. Yeah. Because those are the people that are like really want to talk to you. Yeah. They want you to stop and check their shit out. So yeah. like you're really genuinely interested in what they're doing, like then it's a really fun conversation. Yeah, for sure. And you can sell like not just your your pieces, but you can do like flash art, like you were saying a long time ago, because there's a lot of tattoo artists that go through there. The last two years, there's been a whole area set up where they're doing tattoos. Nice. Doing tattoos. In there? the con. That's cool. You can come up, you can get the guy's business card if you want to like come check him out some other time. Otherwise, he like he's from like somewhere else, a bunch of guys from somewhere else, all here at this con. Yeah. So like it's this one opportunity to get this person's work if you don't live across the country from them that's cool that's cool every single time i haven't had enough money <laughs> have you met like met any of these people like they're stayed in contact working they're always working when cool. you're there um what was it it was cool though i saw a guy that i went to school with uh anthony kozar kozars it's, uh, it's amazing uh special effects makeup stuff. cool Absolutely phenomenal. I remember being, he was an oil painter, um, and we would, there wasn't necessarily like, we all took relatively the same courses. Yeah. But if you were trying to specialize in something, you were streamlined in a source of classes where you didn't, like other, you know, water, somebody trying to get really serious in watercolor wouldn't always be in the same classes as somebody trying to get into commercial illustration. So, like, he was doing oil painting and the fine arts, and I was trying to find follow the commercial end of it. Yeah. So, we were never in the same classes, but we got to take an elective together, sculpture. And uh, that was right when he was, you know, finessing his sculpture, and we both had this really hard-ass Eastern European 
excellent, excellent sculpture teacher. Just used to just crushing people and building them back into literally sculpting her students into sculptors. Yeah. It was great. That's cool. She gave you no, no leeway. And watching her like give us both the business and watching everybody develop. And then I knew he had a knack for that, even though he was such a great oil painter. And then I did, I love, you know, we all graduated, went our separate ways. And then you know, almost a decade later, I go to a con and see him, his dad sitting behind a booth with his name and his, you know, stuff I used to see him sketching in his notebook is his, like, his um, logo now. Nice. Old booth set up. There you go, man. Got to get work flowing. So yeah. Set up. That's the only problem. I'm lazy as hell, and I never want to work. Because <laughs> we got to do real jobs too. Yeah. We didn't, we didn't just get to go. Well, I mean, we all everybody said do real jobs, but like some people. Not everybody. Were, some people haven't worked a day in their life. They got a ton of money still. True. But. but uh, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> but I'm saying like like you and I have both tried to follow our dreams but we did that wasn't the direct route for either of us so after going to a nine-to-five yeah coming home and trying to turn turn off the numbers charts and inventory part of my brain and turn on the creative wacky ridiculous part of my brain is so hard having to be left brain during the day and then you know right at night that's how it was for me like right after school I, like i couldn't just sit down and enjoy a lot of music, just an, analyzing it, analyzing it, analyzing it. And I then I just did. <laughs> I remember that for a long time because, like I said, that's what like sparked our friendship was music. Yeah. Is that we didn't have a lot to talk about. And that's also, we weren't talking to any of the other kids. Yeah. So like music so, like, beep, brought us together. But then like, so that was always a real important part. And then the more you got into school, the more it became more of a job and less of like fun to listen to music. And like whenever we would listen to music, you'd be, oh, you'd be like breaking it down. Like, oh, did you hear that? What? I was listening to the track. That was a, it's a tight beat. <laughs> and then, but that would then you're, once you're out of school, you went back to especially when you got started doing gigs and getting in the band. Now back to like just like listening to music. I see it more. I mean, you still have that. You'll always have it because you're a professional. Yeah. And you're analyzing it, but I see that you're like enjoy. It seems like you're yeah, enjoying you music a little bit more just for what it is. You learn everything that they got to teach you, and then you know you do whatever you want to do with it. You know. Because I went through the same thing with art school. I couldn't. I couldn't watch a commercial without, you know, analyzing how they put it together or look at a billboard without analyzing or like critiquing the type of font they used or like how, it was, how it was put in there like that's not even relevant right now like i couldn't look at art and i enjoyed anymore because i was like well, what's the point of it it's not telling a story you know my brain became so like focused around what school was putting in there for four years straight that it yeah I lost like it. School's just a place to sharpen your tools. You yeah. still have your learning your tools and then sharpen them. Yeah. Yeah. And then you you kind of take the tools and sometimes you use a hammer or uh, a screwdriver's a hammer. <laughs> but like if you get stuck in the patterns they teach you at school, because you got to root 
learn the rules to break them, but a lot of people get stuck in the rut of the learned rules. Yeah. And don't go ever back to going, okay, well, I have this tool belt now. Now I could just use any one of these things the way I want to. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people don't ever break into that back out. You know, yeah. from no, you you got this tool and it does it does this and only this. And like, well, no, man, you can use it. You can like turn it a little bit. Now you can do this with it. You see that? Like, well, I didn't see it that way. Everyone's like, oh, these guys are bullshit. Yeah, that's, <laughs> no, that's, it's real. It's real. real. We're, we're, real talk. I teach a lot of kids. I see it. I see it through the kids. Like, I'll, I'll teach them. I'll teach them. A, like, you could teach somebody a scale, and then they'll they'll come up to you with a song next week. Like, oh, well, there you go. He knows how to use that scale. Yeah. There it goes. <laughs> you just gave him tools and built whatever he wanted to with it. And kids can do that quickly. They got like elastic quickly. brains. Yeah. And bodies and friggin'. They're still what is what was it uh was it brain cells or all cells? Bro science again talking on my ass. I don't know if it's brain cells or all living cells in you that once you hit that certain age, like the state of decay where everything starts to I'm not sure. break down. It's like there's some point where your body stops producing more new cells than are dying. And then that is what aging is. But like, when you're young, there's brains just shitting out new neurons and new pathways. Because you're learning everything. You're always learning. But if you look at the brain, they were looking at Einstein's brain. Again, I'm not a scientist. I don't know what I'm talking about. They were looking at Einstein's brain. We're going to do that a lot. (laughs) Yeah, all the time. But I don't... Whatever. It's whatever. Okay. It's whatever. It's the schmodcast. <laughs> um, but they they took like cross sections of his brain and cross sections of his uh, brain of a person the same age and it, like his brain looks like that of like a twenty year old. Where whereas the old person's brain like you can they were looking at it at the the X ray, there was like it was all like like hard and like like it looked like it was old, like like an old brain. <laughs> like if you took a brain, and you left it out and sat it on the table for like a couple of days, and gets hard and getting old and stuff, and put it back in there, and now now he's thinking like, hey y'all, like I I'm all old and stuff. How much of that was the brain never never ceasing to be working? I think that's that what it the, is. Because he what he took in, like what I don't know much about. I, I don't know his diet. personal life. I, I did see a documentary on him on history. I don't know how much of that's bunk. Or bunko. <laughs> how much of it's real or not. But, uh... Um, they said... He, he was always thinking. He's always doing stuff. Get, yeah. Like, having his brain active, playing violin. Always studying. Always, like, at the height of in, his intellectualism. And I think that's it, you know, just keeping your brain constantly working, constantly thinking. That's why I, uh, for anybody who likes a good mental workout, because I like, you know, I watch all those channels like Vsauce and um, yeah, uh, all the sciencey channels, everything there is, the little quick ones, the longer videos, and that, you know, those were nice at first, but I started wanting more, and... I found out that you could watch all, I was telling you, you could watch all the major uh, 
academic colleges lectures online for yeah free. the only thing you're missing out on is the input with the professor yeah you don't get any homework to to see if you've you're Learned actually anything. getting it and you get you don't get any feedback from from somebody talking to you you kind of just gotta read it over and over and over but the information's out there all the information of everything is out there and those are really fun to just Almost, put on in the background to something and just keep your brain firing and yeah. i'll put that on while i'm drawing just half listen to it here and there as long as the topic's something that i'm generally interested in even if i don't understand the substructures or what they're talking about i get it enough to have my brain work hard to fill in the, the blanks yeah and it keeps you know even what I don't know, maybe that's even better because my brain's working harder to try to retain whatever's coming in while I'm just listening to it. I've been forgetting a lot, like, <sighs> lately. But I've, I've always had not very good memory. <laughs> As you can see it's... by the way I'm talking. But I've always had, like, not too good of a memory, but... Oh, where, where was I going with that? Exactly. Exactly. Um... Oh, uh, never mind. <laughs> it's gone. Well, that's that's one, one of those really... things. That it just it flew out of my head. It's I can gone. tell you where I was going to go after this was we were talking about brains, Albert Einstein's yeah. brain. We and were. I remembered I was going to say the thing about the chimpanzees, how they're studying certain chimpanzees right now that are, um, you know, making that jump, that next step. Oh, yeah. And they're actually like using tools because we've always seen them on Discovery Channel, taking reeds and putting them in like termite mounds and shit like that, and getting ants and termites and yeah, yeah, yeah. primitive tools. We've always described them as using primitive tools in primitive ways, but they're still figuring it out. So we acknowledge them as smart. But then everybody was always like, "Well, if, if evolution's happening, why aren't they evolving? Why isn't everything changing?" Because we can't see it over the course of our lifetime or a yeah. hundred lifetimes so we're fortunate enough to be living at a point in time right now where it looks like we're seeing stuff seeing for sure because they're grabbing like i saw the video the documentary of them where they're watching this one specific monkey who would it wasn't he would teach the monkeys around whoever the monkeys around this one monkey would pick up on these habits after watching him. Only a few times. A monkey see, monkey do. And they would <laughs> take the branch and he would bend it over, a thick one. Like, he would find one that wouldn't just snap when he pulled it. And he'd, like, bite it off of the tree. And, like, sit there and gnaw on it until the end was jagged-ish. So he's sharpening it intentionally. And then he would go around and find these trees where these little uh, nocturnal uh, primate-ish kind of creatures lived they yeah things with the big huge ridiculous looking like eyes. lemurs yeah they live no the little tiny guys okay and they live in the tree during the daytime because they're nocturnal so the tr monkey knows that they live in the trees they know they don't come out they're sleeping in there and so he's forming a strategic plan he knows where to get the food and when he can he never catch it at night when he can't see it it's fast and tiny so he knows that he knows that he has to go to this place during the daytime with a sharpened stick that he had to make himself. And then they looks and he like pokes in there gently. And then it's that, that, that with full on like freak monkey strength. Just jab the stick in there like craziness. And then once it's all the way deep down in there and they're sure whatever's in there is pulverized, 
he like pulls back like a lever and like smashes open the tree or they'll just pull it yank it open yeah. with their bare hands and then just grab their little meal out that's crazy and they've been seen taking those spears that they're chewing the ends on and actually throwing them at other creatures not always successfully but doing so that sounds like the devil chris chimpanzees or demons i did see though there's a picture of an orangutan with a spear in his hand and he's over he's like looking into a uh, a lake he's like hanging from a branch yep suspended yep. over a lake and like apparently the villagers around there have seen him go there multiple times and just he's trying to catch fish <laughs> it's insane from that same area, because it's the, it's orangutans as well. There's another documentary I watched. I've been watching a lot of them on the monkeys. And um, what was it? They said that monkeys are generally kind of phobic of water. They don't get in it. They don't mm -hmm. fuck with it too much. The they alligators, dude. They're not about it. Yeah, they don't. <laughs> There's no reason to go there instinctually or otherwise. So, But uh, they've been witnessing monkeys playing in water on purpose. Like uh, finding vines that are near trees and trees. Like, like, the one group they they filmed, uh, he climbed up, like, a bundle of bushes and knew that once he was at the top, it would bend, and he'd ride it back and then, like, fall off. And like, and when they bent that and they fucked it up, they would climb up into the tree above it and just fall out of the tree and just smack into the, like, bent-over branches and, like, bounce off into the water. And, like, some of the other monkeys were just chilling in the water with, like, their feet in there, just, like... <laughs> feet, like smacking and stuff. Like they're just babies. playing. They're just playing. There's absolutely like those... no reason to be in there other than just social. Like it's fun, social enrichment. Like those Japanese monkeys in the hot tubs. That's crazy, but in like danger water with yeah. piranhas and crocodiles. Oh, this is fun. <laughs> I put, they're prioritizing fun and social activity over nature. They're learning how to use tools. That's crazy. That's insane. To me. That should be crazy to everybody. That's in, like, that has to be evidence, man, of what's going on. How long have we been doing this so far for podcast number one? What time is it? It is 9.31. 175 minutes we've been doing this. What is that? Divided by six. Just under an hour and a half. Well, let's end on that. Hour and a half. We'll see you later next time. What is this called? Schmodcast Podcast. Schmodcast Podcast. Check out my Instagram. Or what's my Instagram? RV86002 on Instagram. Check out my Facebook, Roland Velasquez. Uh, check out my YouTube. Either of those things. Don't worry about it yet. Check back on me. We'll see you later. <laughs> That's it. That's it. That's everything. How do you feel having the first podcast podcast made? Pretty cool. I'll watch it back immediately. Well, we could. <laughs> make sure we don't look like total mom. Let's just watch a couple minutes. And make sure we don't look like total mom. Let's see. Even if we do, who cares? We just did it. We're not in the mind to critique it yet. Gotta come.